Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Life after 40 can be described as many things. One description I think we can all agree on, though, is that life after 40 is filled with change and lots of questions. Our guest today, Nina Larez Collins, is an expert, and she has the answers. Nina's the founder of The Wolfer, an online platform for like-minded women over 40. The community actually grew organically out of a closed Facebook group that she started back in 2015 called What Would Virginia Wolf Do? Her book, What Would Virginia Wolf Do? and other questions I ask myself as I attempt to age without apology came out in April 2018. And we are so thrilled to have her here today with us to talk about life after 40. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. We are talking today about really the good, the bad, and the ugly of life after 40. And so I know that everyone listening is just going to love this topic. It's it's a fun one. It sure is. (laughs) So I guess let's start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and the work that you do. Um, I'm 50, and I grew up in New York. And my background professionally was as a literary agent and a scout, which I did for like 20 years when I was younger. And then I sold my business as an agent and I went to graduate school and got a master's in something called narrative medicine at Columbia, which is the kind of obscure subject of how we tell our stories in the context of death and dying. I was interested in thinking more about end of life care. I was thinking about becoming a death doula or maybe a divorce coach. At the same time, I got a life coach certificate. So I was interested in transitions of loss, basically. Mm -hmm. I consulted for a while at a hospital in end-of-life care. And around that time, I was 46. It was four years ago. I also stopped sleeping well. I'd always been a great sleeper. And suddenly I started waking up at like four in the morning, like clockwork. And I didn't know what was going on. And I went and Googled it and figured out that in Um, combination with a few other symptoms, like, you know, a spotty period and all the rest, I was going through perimenopause. I was basically at the beginning of the menopause phase, which I had never really known anything about. My mother died when I was 19, even though most of my friends are older than I am because I had kids young. None of my friends had talked to me about this. And I started kind of digging. And actually, the reason I One of the funny symptoms online, if you Google perimenopause, you'll get, I think on Healthline, a list of like 33 symptoms. And Mm -hmm. one of them is impending sense of doom. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, it's an actual documented symptom of menopause. And I wanted to be able to talk about this with my girlfriends. And so I ended up creating a closed Facebook group, which I called What Would Virginia Woolf Do? And I called it that because I was finishing this graduate program. I was reading a lot of Virginia Woolf. Virginia Woolf is kind of an icon for me. She's a, you know, fierce feminist. Most of my friends are big readers and all feminists. And um, it was really just a dark joke. Like if Virginia Woolf killed herself in her fifties, maybe I should just call it a day. (laughs) Um, It was totally just meant to be a funny inside joke. And had I known that the community would grow the way it did, I probably would have called it something different because I always worry. I'm not trying to make fun of suicide or, you know, take it lightly. Yeah. But it was really kind of a nod to an icon. Right. So we called it What Would Virginia Wolf Do? And that was started in October of 2015. And I ended up 
writing a book and creating a website and a podcast with my partner, Hillary Richard. And now we've just left Facebook. We left Facebook this fall. The group grew to around 32,000 women and 37 groups on Facebook. So we had a main group and then we had a large number of regional and subject groups. We ended up having Wolf for Travel and Wolf for Parenting. And wow. The women started calling themselves wolfers organically. It's really been an amazing, amazing ride. So then in an effort, it really became a full-time job. And in an effort to try and figure out how to monetize it in a smart way, we spent a lot of time thinking about it. We ended up deciding to leave Facebook and go to our own branded app, which is called thewolfer.com. We're no longer what would Virginia Wolf do. Now we're just the wolfer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just started this huge new experiment adventure of having our own app and it's a subscription-based model. So the women become members. It's $35 a year. It's an online community of kind of like-minded women over 40 who want to talk about all sorts of things, but predominantly health relationships. We talk about books, we talk about feminism, you know, beauty, diet, and exercise, but I'd say the main subjects are kind of health, sexuality, and relationships. How amazing. Like, I just, I love the story and just how it organically became its own, like its own life. So much so that honestly, there were times when I think me and the mods, we all felt literally like it was a monster we could barely control. Like, I so did not set out to have this business. It was like, it just kept growing and we all felt really compelled by it. It's been fascinating. Tell us a little bit more about the app. So it's $35 a year. And basically, that's like all access, right? Like to community and support and topics. Exactly. So what happens is you go to the website, which is www.thewolfer.com. And you can register for free on the site. So you just enter your email address and a password, username and a password. And then you have access to all of our website content and fun things like we write, we do quizzes and we do polls to try and kind of understand more who our community is. And we have a shop and we have a cool like reward section. So the app comes with all these. It's it's a whole like little universe. So you can Uh. register for free. But when you go to comment on an article or you try and enter the community, which is really the heart of our world, you'll hit a paywall. And the paywall to become a VIP member. It's $35 a year. Um, There's a three-day trial. And yeah, then you pay $35 a year. The idea is that basically after a lot of really like two years of wrestling with trying to figure out how to make this thing at least sustainable because I've been working for free for years and now I have a full-time assistant who I'm paying and we have all these moderators who don't get paid. We kind of looked at different models like affiliate sales and sponsored content and we started having a lot of events, Mm. but nothing really was making any money, not enough money to pay for Sydney, my assistant, for example. It was like we were making little bits of money here and there. Yeah. And we finally decided that what the women really want is the community. And so we decided basically it's a club and we're going to have to ask people to pay for it to support it. Amazing. And I love that you call it a club. I mean, that's totally what it feels like. It's like the over 40 club. Like it's, it's awesome. It's exactly right. And it's amazing. I can tell you over the years, like women have made so many friends and people have done crazy things like I once actually posted, I had a child who was having a a crisis in London um, at like 11 o'clock at night and she was really freaking out and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't figure out from America how to call 411 in England and I posted in our London group and a complete stranger, someone I've never spoken to since, sent a car for my daughter and brought her to her home and kept her for three days. Wow. Women do stuff like this all the time. Like you can post and be like, I need, you know, 
you know, I use examples all the time, like I need the best endocrinologist in Miami. And you'll get one in a couple of minutes. There's real support. What a beautiful way to use this tool of, you know, technology. There's so many downfalls that every we talk about and they're real. But when you can, you know, have stories like this, it's like this is the power of it and the beauty of it. Yeah, it's really been very surprising. I never in my life would have imagined that I would have an online community of friends. And people often ask me, like, why do you need an online community? Don't you have real friends, you know, like you? I'm sure like, I have a lot of very close female girlfriends. And we've found it serves a different purpose. It's interesting. It's really nice to get kind of unbiased opinions. And in some ways, I almost think sometimes I use it as like a sister. I use it as a mother. I I use it, I mean, it's very entertaining for a lot of us. So we, you know, we post funny things there. Like we, we get a lot of joy out of it, but then it's also really useful when you're really, really sad. Yeah. It's been, it's been surprising. Yeah. I love it. So let's talk about some of the topics. Like what are some of the hot questions or hot topics? I always say that the topics that get us into trouble, we haven't had this experience yet on the app. It's going to be interesting. On Facebook, obviously, there was no barrier to entry, right? So it was free. And we would have to remove people a fair amount. We didn't have trolling because we're very heavily moderated. But there were certain subjects that would always turn into inflamed threads. Mm. So far on the app, we only have around 5,000 women in the app right now. So it's a smaller community. We haven't had any problems, but we'll be looking out for them. But the threads that tend to cause inflamed feelings and trigger people are around infidelity, politics, and race. Mm. Infidelity, I always understand. I mean, you know, most of us, if not all of us, have been affected in some way by adultery, whether we've you know been cheated on or we've cheated on or our parents cheated on each other. One post that I remember from a long time ago that I loved was a woman who wrote in and said she was devastated that her lover had just broken up with her. And it turned out she was married and had been married for like 20, 25 years, but mm. she had this lover for the last five years and he had just left her. And she was like, I can't get out of bed and my family doesn't understand why. And I don't know what to do, but she was really bereft. And yeah. people were supportive, but some people were also judgmental. Like, I can't believe you're whining about your, you know, you've been unfaithful for five years. How do you think your husband feels? Those threads can get a little inflamed. And I, I personally come from a place of really feeling it's pretty hard to get me feeling judgmental. I, I, I'm interested in all sides. Yeah. You know, how we get into these situations. Um, so we watch those things. And then politics and race are just complicated. Intersectionality can get people flared on our, on our app. Now we've created actually a women of color subgroup. We have kind of, you can post to the main community or you can post to various subgroups like New York, Southern California, money matters, sex, travel. Mm. Um, and we did decide on the app for a long time. I didn't want to segregate out conversations about race. Then a number of our black members and I'm black myself really wanted a women of color subgroup. So we're experimenting with it as a place it's called women of color and allies, because sometimes these conversations about intersectionality and feminism get really heated and we wanted everyone to feel like they had a place to talk about it. And then other things we post about are really banal. We'll post about, you know, the best lipstick or um, uh, a question about saving for retirement or a question about, you know, maybe someone will write in and say, like, you know, my father's dead and my mother has Alzheimer's and these are the things I'm grappling with and I want some advice. 
you know, there are things that people are really ashamed to talk about often with their friends. Yeah. And they'll feel safer talking about it in the community and get really honest advice. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. It sounds like just such a safe place, even if there is disagreement and things get heated, it's still a safe place to, you know, just go for not only support, but for, you know, different perspectives. And yeah, exactly right. And really, I I think one of the things I hope others would agree that we do quite well is we really moderate. We don't let anyone, I mean, we have really strict rules about um, how we treat each other. And we kind of reserve the right to remove anyone who doesn't comply by those rules. And I'm, it's, I'm finding it interesting with the app. I think we're going to be way ahead of the curve on those issues. I think having a barrier to entry, even though I hope people think it's a fairly low one at $35 a year, does mean you have to be committed to being there. You have to understand why you're there and what you want out of it. Yeah. So people treat each other well. But as I also say, we've said from the beginning, we want to be it's a supportive community, but it's not a support group. I, I don't want it to be a place where it's like super saccharine. And the idea is to be honest and to be able to, you know, be who we really are and, and learn from each other. Like, you know, we're more alike than we are different, but there's a lot that you can learn from different perspectives. So what are some of like the unique topics to being over 40? Yeah, actually someone posted this morning and it was funny. She posted and said, She said, I read in a recent post, someone referred to menopausal weight gain, and it had never occurred to me that my weight gain is from menopause. And she said, what are all the other things that I'm going through that are from menopause? And people have been commenting all morning, and it's hilarious. Um, You know, the specific kind of middle-aged women problems, I mean, there are so many. You know, the physical problems like insomnia and back fat and chin hairs, and um, (laughs) I could go on in a really unattractive list. And then there are problems, you know, that we kind of alluded to a little bit before dealing with teenage kids and college age kids who are often going through really hard things that people find really hard to talk about. Men and erectile dysfunction and dating over 40 and 50, you know, dating after years of being married or after being widowed. So there's a lot of conversation about online dating and sex as we get older, you know, for a lot of women, I think in some ways, one of the main things our group has done is destigmified vaginal dryness. It's a real problem as women get older, you know, we get drier all over. You're only 43. You told me at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. so you're not experiencing this yet. A lot of women don't experience it. I, I don't really have a particular problem with it yet, but that may be because I've, I do so much preventative stuff because I've read about it so much. There really is an issue with painful sex and vaginal atrophy. And there are ways to treat it and ways to deal with it. But so many women don't speak up about it, even to their doctors, because they feel embarrassed. So we have really kind of pulled the bandaid off on that one and talk about it a lot, the kind of use it or lose it and all sorts of stuff around sex as we get older. And then all you know, God, getting getting older in general and thinking about retirement and thinking about what's the point of our lives at this age and, Mm -hmm. you know, work and a lot of women, we're actually doing a poll now on our website called pain points. And it's kind of, are you reinventing your career, looking for new love, you know, planning a big move. And so far, reinventing yourself, looking for a new career is way ahead of the other categories. Either people get phased out of jobs, or they're dissatisfied, and they want to reinvent, or they decide to retire, but still want to work in some way, you know, how do we still feel vital and needed in the community. I mean, this whole idea of being invisible as an older woman is real. And we talk about that too. You know, some women like the feeling of being invisible, actually. Some women find it a relief after years of dealing with men and getting unwanted attention, but a lot of women hate it. 
Yeah. We talk about that too. We talk about Botox and we talk about plastic surgery. And, you know, there's a huge range of what women want to do and are willing to do to stay quote unquote young looking or to feel relevant. And then there are a lot of women who feel like that's ridiculous. Yeah. And what I love is like you said before, desensitizing, like you're normalizing topics and allowing people to have conversations that really need to happen for many reasons, but also just for safety. Like when we talk about this stuff or when we don't talk about it, we run a higher risk of things going undetected. No, it's really true. I mean, I mean, in the case of vaginal atrophy, it's particularly true. I mean, there are some women, we, we've, we've seen women who write in and say like, I haven't had a date, I haven't had sex in eight years, and now I'm seeing someone I really, really like and I want to have sex with them. And I've discovered that like, like I, I barely can, you know, put a finger in my vagina. Sorry to be so graphic, but it really is. That's like a problem or on another level, like just all sorts of, I mean, insomnia is, there's so many health problems, hopefully mild health problems that come with menopause, but they're really kind of debilitating. And yeah. I mean, I, I am suffering from the worst hot flashes right now. And there, unfortunately so far, I do not have the perfect solution for me, but at least I know what, all the other, you know, all the options are. I can have lots of conversations with it and about it with these women. And um, doctors are surprisingly not that helpful with menopause. You really need to find like a specialist generally. I mean, if you go to your primary care doctor when you're first starting to experience symptoms, they'll either tell you to go on the pill or they'll give you an antidepressant is basically what you get told. Mm. It's weird, actually. Yeah. So the shift in conversation needs to happen. And I think that's exactly what you're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, it's great. What would you say the biggest like misconceptions about women over 40 are? Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry to keep talking about sex, but I do think one of them is that women are no longer interested in sex or that they're not sexy. And one of the pleasant surprises we found is how incredibly sexual women are as they get older and how often the sex is much better, even with dealing with some of the physical limitations, which really can be addressed with topical estrogen and coconut oil, our favorite remedy. And it's funny, like our bodies aren't as objectively perhaps attractive as they were when they, we were 25, but women are overall much more confident and much more um, aware of what they want and need much more willing to say what they want and need and are therefore generally having much better sex. So that's good news. Yeah, that's great news. I mean, there is like a different relationship with your body and sexuality, I think that develops over time where it becomes less outwardly focused and more, more of like an inward connection. I think that's exactly right. Like it's one way to put it is it's less performative. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a really lovely thing to see and to talk about and to, for the women who are really confident about it, that's amazing to see. And then for the women who are less confident about it, I, it's it's wonderful to watch them be inspired by other women. So I think that's been a very good surprise. I mean, I guess one of the bad surprises that's not completely shocking is how many women are really, really struggling financially. Mm. You know, the reality is that women save less, earn less, often struggle more in the result of divorce really suffer from ageism in the workplace, right? So there yeah. are a lot of women who thought that it would kind of work out or that, you know, this relationship or that relationship might help. Or, you know, that's definitely a kind of a rude awakening. Not all the time, of course, by a long shot, but that is definitely, that exists as a problem. I think I've been surprised. I mean, I'm not anymore because I'm used to it, but how many teenagers and young adults really 
suffer and it's really scary for parents obviously and you can understand why it's such a secret because people have to protect their kids privacy so yeah. it's not like you can go online and be like johnny's you know in jail but it's really common for kids at that age and god i mean we've all read so many kids have anxiety disorders now yeah so that's kind of surprising and and again i think very reassuring to people who are going through it to realize they're not alone and and it does seem also like most of these kids get through it i mean this is an anecdotal for me from just what I've witnessed. But the good news is it does seem like kids for the most part get through it, but it's terrifying when your kid is struggling and you feel like you can't always get the help you need. I mean, like mental health services in our country are a nightmare. So we see a lot of people dealing with mental health issues that are really horrible and it's very hard to get the right help. Yeah. And that's interesting because you are really seeing it from the parents' perspective through your community and you don't kind of think about the parents' I think the children get focused on as they should, but there is a component of suffering that, you know, a mom or dad go through when their child is suffering. Oh, hugely. Yeah. I guess the other surprise I should say that we recently discovered that the number one search that brings people to our website, this is a little upsetting, but it's sexless marriage. Wow. So on the one hand, women are having lots of sex. That seems to be most of the people who are, you know, have been divorced or widowed or, you know, are back out there for whatever reason. Not that married people aren't having sex. Lots of them clearly are. But we do get a lot of, we have an anonymous feature on our site. So if women don't want people to know who they are, they can post anonymously. And we do get a lot of people talking about, you know, I love my husband, he's a good guy, or I love my wife, she's a good, you know, whatever, she's great, but we really just don't have sex anymore, and I'm wondering if I should leave or if I should have an affair. Those are tough, and we get that a lot. Very interesting. And then, so, do you have professionals in the group, or is it just kind of people supporting people? Uh, We don't have paid professionals in the group, but we have tons of members who are professionals. I mean, I'd say the common denominator in the group population really is that these women are super smart. So we have really everyone you can imagine, lots of therapists, lawyers, you know, professors, a lot of writers. When we were on Facebook, there were questions you had to answer to get into the group. And one of them was, how did you hear about us? And we would often get, my therapist told me about you, which is fascinating to me. So, yeah. Yeah. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. So, you know, it kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Communities like Wolfer, I mean, do you feel like they help to empower women to take pride in their aging process and their age and who they are? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Completely unwittingly, this has been an extremely empowering experience for me and I think for everyone involved. And it's both having a place where you can get information and talk about stuff in an honest way and not feel ashamed. And then there's kind of the general like sisterhood quality of it. The way we've kind of grown and galvanized feels very powerful. 
Yeah. And, you know, there are some things so empowering about being helpful to somebody else. Totally. No, that's a good point. Actually, I hadn't thought of it exactly like that in a while, but you're right. Just the gift we have of kind of affirming someone's feelings, giving advice, giving an opinion, weighing in the whole, you know, it's being heard, being listened to, sharing our stories. It's all very valuable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's on the horizon for the community and what are you most excited about? You know, our plan is to just kind of see if we can continue to make it work. We have to grow our subscriber base. We're going to really encourage people to give it as gifts for the holidays and, mm-hmm. and we'll see, we'll see from there, but we're really happy about it. Yeah, it's awesome. So any pieces of advice or wisdom or anecdotes or anything you want to share with our audience before we go? I would definitely say I've been really surprised. I've met in the course of doing this. I mean, I can't hundreds of hundreds of women, if not thousands at this point. And like when I travel or when I I drove across country last year and I would post and say like, I'm going to be in Nashville. Are there any wolfers who want to get together? So I meet strangers all the time. And it is amazing to me how well and easily and quickly we connect. And that's in part because we come from this community, right, where we've established a sense of trust and a way of talking to each other. But it has really made me realize, again, that we're more alike than we are different and that we should be reaching out more to each other. You know, it's so funny. I read a quote yesterday that I absolutely loved, which was uh, strangers are, I'm totally butchering it, but strangers are just people who aren't friends yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I mean, there is a sense in our community that, that there's a certain sensibility. And the truth is, it's not right for everyone, right? There's a certain kind of slightly liberal, edgy, kind of sex positive, you know, whatever, kind of, you know, started as a bunch of women in Brooklyn. So there's a kind of coastal air to it, although we have women from all over the country. But there's a certain perspective, and we want women who get that perspective. But we're not exclusionary at all. I mean, you can find your tribe. You just have to look for it. And I, and I guess that's my message is like your tribe is out there and you can find it. And, you know, maybe we're right for you. Maybe we're not, but you'll find the one that is. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you. Where can, where can people find you? Where can they follow up with you after today? Please find us on www.thewolfer.com. You can register on the site for free and check it out. And then if you're interested in the community, you'll, you know, you'll figure out how to get there. Um, you can also follow us. We have a public Wolfer page on Facebook. We also are on Instagram as The Wolfer. Awesome. I also have my own page on Facebook, Nina Lorez Collins. I have an author book page. I wrote a book called What Would Virginia Woolf Do? And other questions I ask myself as I attempt to age without apology. And you can find that on Amazon. Oh, and we have a podcast called Raging Gracefully. Uh, Super, super funny. It's me and my partner and friend, Hilary Richard. Um, We've released two seasons. There are only 16 episodes out, but we're doing more now where we talk and have conversations with experts and talk about issues that come up in the community. Oh my God. I love the title. Raging Gracefully. Love it. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.